Hi, welcome to In Talks With, the podcast that explores the world of art, culture and fashion. I'm Danielle Rodeutchen, your host, and in this episode, I'm joined by Toria Elglaoui, the founder and director of the 154 African Art Fair. Toria is a leading figure in the contemporary art scene and has been instrumental in promoting and showcasing the work of African artists on a global stage. I first met Toria five years ago when I interviewed her for another podcast, and I've watched with amazement and respect as she's grown her platform into something that's truly global and impressive. Toria and I met at Somerset House in London, where she keeps her offices, and discussed how, under her guidance, the 154 African Art Fair has become a flagship event in the art world, providing a platform for emerging and established artists from Africa and the diaspora to showcase their work. Held in major cities around the world, London, New York and Marrakesh, it attracts a diverse audience of art enthusiasts, collectors and curators alike. Just ahead of the upcoming next iteration in New York, I spoke to Toria about some of the most pressing issues facing the art world today, from restitution, environmental responsibility and the importance of giving a platform to art from the African continent. She shared her valuable insights and experiences on these topics, drawing on her years of experience in the industry and her passion for promoting art, and African art and culture in particular. Hi, Toria. Hello, Danielle. I'm so excited to talk to you again, um, five years after we first did a podcast together. I also think... You might be the first person I've done a podcast interview with twice. Oh, really? I think. I'm honoured. <laughs> I'm, I'm really delighted. How are you? Good, good, good. <laughs> I haven't seen much of you in those five years, partly because there was a global pandemic, um, but also partly because you've been incredibly busy with your 154 Art Fair, which has grown so much and also which recently celebrated its 10th anniversary. Exactly. Um, here at Somerset House, which we are, which is where you're based in the UK, and where we're doing the podcast interview, and it's a lovely sunny day, and it's a beautiful place to be talking in this office here. But um, tell me how things have been going with the fair since we last spoke, or even in the last ten years. What are the big achievements you want to shout about? Well, I think one of the biggest ones since we last talked about is probably you know launching 154 Marrakesh, which was on the African continent in 2018, which was, I think, after we met. Um, and it was quite a big milestone for us to be able to go back on the African continent and, you know, do this platform in Africa. Um, I think celebrating 10 years, you know, also put everything back in perspective. And, you know, we are trying to understand if, you know, the mission that we started with is still, you know, the mission that we want to continue with and is, you know, always been about, you know, how that platform was relevant for artists from the African continent and the African diaspora. So it was really nice to kind of like have this 10 year review on, you know, where do we go from now and, you know, how 154 continues to be relevant for artists from, you know, that particular geography or that particular diaspora. So just to remind listeners, so 154 represents one African continent, 54 is the 54 countries Exactly. In that continent. Exactly. And when we last spoke, so you started with the fairs in London, London. was that the first one? Then New York. Yes. Mm. And then now in Marrakesh also. Exactly. 
And us, during the pandemic, we had the chance to explore Paris for two years, which was quite, uh, I guess, exceptional in terms of, you know, trying to meet those terms and regulations and uh, COVID restrictions, you know, during uh, 2021 and 2022. Um, and it has, it was kind of a replacement of like not being able to do Marrakesh because the, the borders were closed with Morocco. But um, in a way, it kept us, kept us busy, kept us, you know, engaged with the new community, you know, understand more about the French market, which was quite interesting for us as well. And um, in a way, it kept the link with Morocco in a way because we had so many collectors who were francophone, you know, from uh, from Marrakech that continued to follow us, you know, in Paris when we were able to do it. But um, yeah, overall, it was quite an interesting, you know, development for us during COVID. Um, well, I guess most of the big, you know, art events and um, and large grouping of people had limited, uh, you know, possibilities in terms of doing their events. I think um, with 154 London and 154 Paris, we're able to manage, you know, I want to say two fairs a year, you know, during a crazy uh, moment of time where everybody was at a standstill, you know. So it was quite um, quite an interesting experience, I'll say. But I think uh, between Marrakech and Paris, those were like the two big milestones, I think, uh, since we last uh, saw each other. And do you think you'll continue with Paris or do they up there again? Or was just, that just... Well, what it taught us is that we can have some kind of a sort of nomadic, you know, format of the fair. Um, I don't think Paris needs to be or needs us, you know, really, in terms of that community. It was an extremely interesting moment, um, but it also made us realize that, you know, there's a lot of other location where we don't have 154 access to contemporary African art that we can, you know, maybe do a quick, you know, a pop up or two years type of fair. And uh, it really gave us the blueprint on how to do it, you know. So um, I think you'll see more about, you know, the possibilities to have a 154 present, you know, in a different city. Um, when you know we might have been shy in the past to try to launch uh, you know full fledged or um, but that still need access to contemporary African art and you know African diaspora arts you know and since so you started the fair as a way of showcasing contemporary African art and bringing it to a wider audience around the world and a lot's changed since you first started do you feel like you're core ambitions are the same or have they moved slightly with regards to a change in uh, perceptions of African art or I mean you've had a lot to do with that obviously but is there a sort of sea change do you feel in how things are going? Well I think there's definitely a landscape that has changed and as you mentioned you know I think there was a major event during Covid and the George Floyd you know moment where everybody you know took a step to realize that you know inclusion racism you know all those things were you know important um, you know things to consider um, that we always considered you know we always thought this was the platform and the voice for artists that didn't have a voice so for us I want to say that yes, it was very interesting that the world paid attention, you know, more deeply than than before. Uh, but we had been in many ways, you know, for um, I want to say the last eight years before the George Floyd event, you know, quite um, in into the sensitivities into into this problem, you know, like we. Uh, we we had, you know, in many ways with our educational program covered a lot 
a lot of those issues, you know. So um, I want to say that it is interesting that, you know, suddenly the, the art world is opening up, you know, to have, in a way, the obligation of representation, the obligation of inclusion. Um, and also, you know, I think it benefited um, a lot um, to different, you know, artists in general, you know, this trend. Um, but I do want to, you know, make sure that 154 is here, you know, for this constant platform and voice and kind of like, um, in a way, mute all the noise and the trends, you know, and make sure that, you know, this voice continue to be heard and that there's still, you know, access to those artists, even when this is gone and, you know, you go back to another cycle where people are, you know, kind of curious about other things, you know, and forget a bit about what's happening. So do you think, in as much as the dial has shifted, do you think there is this element that maybe it is, maybe not just tokenism, but a, a fad, and it's so um, fashionable at the moment, do you feel like it? there is that concern that maybe it will go back? Well, I know for sure that, you know, in some of the world of the collectors, you know, for example, um, that have been, you know, quite intensely proposed, you know, artists from African descent in general for the last two or three years, you know, this is fading away already. Um, and not because it's less interesting, it's just, you know, there's, you know, curiosity that, you know, is moving to something, to something else. I think what 154 was super strong in doing is that for the last 10 years, three times a year, you know, people had to pay attention, you know, no matter what happened, you know, you had um, at the same time that those big international events, you know, um, a platform that would present those artists. And I think what it did, it's really making sure that, you know, this voice is there, it's, it has a platform and it doesn't matter if the, you know, the, the shift or, you know, the collectors are presented, uh, you know, other things. And I think um, there is definitely progress, you know, we can't say that, you know, uh, things are going to change, you know, um, in the worst, you know, scenario, it will continue to progress. Um, but maybe with less intensity as, uh, you know, it has uh, been shown, you know, in the, for example, the trend of African-American artists or, you know, the the big prices that some artists from, you know, the continent did at auctions and things like that. I think you'll see a more, um, I want to say, you know, um, one more voice where people will still want to make sure that they check, you know, something and make sure that they have, I want to say, their black artists are there, you know, in their stable of artists, but uh, maybe with less as a passion or an openness about it and an understanding about it. Yeah, so it is a positive message, but a cautiously positive message, well, probably. I mean, to be honest, I only have 10 years in this industry, so let yeah. me... Let me be proven wrong, you know, <laughs> and uh, see how, uh, you know, it evolves positively, continues to evolve positively. So the last fair was Marrakesh, is that right? Yes. Was that we, February? Yes, it, we just finished Marrakesh. It feels like yesterday, but it's almost two months away already. Can you give me a sense of what it, well, firstly, tell me how it went. And then also, I, as someone who, I have been to Marrakesh on holiday, but I have never been to your the further, but can you give me a sense of what it's like to be there and what the atmosphere is like? 
So, first of all, the difference between New York and London and Marrakech is that we are the center of attention. So we are making that week. It's not freeze week, it's 154 week. Right, because when you're in New York and London, there are other things yes, going on as well, for sure. which is There's why the art crowd are yes. in town. Yeah. And this is why we chose those dates, you know, for London and New York. I mean, the, the, the initial idea was to, you know, make sure that we kind of leverage on collectors who were part of the other art fairs, you know, in Marrakech we came with a completely different you know mission where it was to go back to the continent and make sure that you know we had something to offer as an experience to people who were there but also to people who were coming just for for 154 so I think what you would you know find very different in terms of visiting Marrakech as a tourist is that you're really seeing Marrakech as a you know cultural you know destination so it's not about your usual tourist stuff but rather you know engaging with the different cultural platforms um uh, seeing Marrakech and finding your ways you know but uh, to visit you know very interesting destinations so Marrakech was also a place that had known for almost 10 years a biennale unfortunately that biennale got cancelled you know funding issues and other other matter that can affect you know, some budgets, you know, of people supporting the Biennale. But in a way, it made us, when we first arrived, was the year it got cancelled. So I don't want to say we replaced it, but we replaced a moment that people really enjoy being, um, you know, in Marrakech for. So all the different cultural platforms who were used locally to have this Biennale were quite keen to replace it with someone. So I have to say we were very lucky in benefiting of a, a city that was, you know, fully welcoming, you know, to our event and different actors were extremely happy to create a VIP program uh, to go along with 154. So um, it creates an amazing at the end experience for anybody visiting Marrakech you know, in, this, um, in, this, in this month, which is usually called month in London or anywhere else in Europe. It's the proximity, but also at the same time, the complete um, immersion in, in another country's culture. And I think what we're able to do in, in Marrakech is really getting, you know, the international um, and local, um, you know, art enthusiasts who are there to discover um, in many ways um, a city um, that they pretty much not have experienced that way, you know. And what is very, in a way, a huge compliment to 154 Marrakech is like we're able to be attract different collectors every year coming back for something else. So it's very challenging for us to make it very different for them every year. But at the same time, it also uh, reflects, you know, I want to say what the city has to offer, you know, in many ways. And um, also the experience of like maybe seeing, you know, African artists in situ rather than just, you know, at a fair, you know, like in this uh, beautiful Somerset House or, you know, our space in New York, uh, quite a conventional space and are beautiful as ex an experience themselves. But I think Marrakech has this, you know, this way of, of welcoming and being, you know, a city that is very hospitable in so many ways. And um, I feel like it's really the, the destination where we can offer, you know, real immersive experience and culture of another country, but also discovering, um, you know, the, the city in a, in a different, beautiful way as well. You know, that is not, uh, 
you know, the, the classics of going to the Medina, you know, having some mint tea. We have all that as well. And sometimes we lose some people, you know, preparing <laughs> to be lounging on the swimming pool. But like at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people tell us that they've never seen Marrakesh this way. And um, it also so very interesting attracting point you know for some of the institutions in the US or in Europe um, that we might not attract in London and in New York but they're quite interested to take that trip with their patrons or their um, you know uh, supporters you know to come to to Marrakesh as it's a complete different experience and a pretty much a, an amazing experience to Africa you know so and is there a different crowd there must be a different um, crowd that you get compared to London and New York. It's a more diverse crowd in terms of coming from all different parts of the world, you know, rather than, you know, being more European or American or it's, you know, I think we have the right middle of like groups coming from the America, you know, world and the, the, the people coming from Europe because of the proximity. Um, I think that um, our audience, you know, I think it, it holds true for the three uh, art fairs, really. It's uh, probably one of the most diverse audience that you'll find in any art fair in the world or art world period, you know, where everybody's included and it's very inclusive. And I think pretty much I think there's something for everyone, you know, like in terms of collectors, in terms of, you know, finding, finding you know, some kind of, um, I want to say, engagement with the African continent, you know, or or looking for maybe something um, very uh, different than what you'll see, you know, in any other art fair. So um, I think it, it fulfills in many ways a, a very important part and we can see the impact we have on the city. And this is very a clear impact in terms of what we bring to Morocco in general. And um, to give you some example, one of the, the, the most um, obvious one is that our Moroccan collectors who are very keen on collecting Moroccan artists have opened their, their mind to a more Pan-African, you know, connection. Um, and I want to say that um, from a, a perspective of the galleries themselves, you know, who were more keen on presenting artists from their own country, have now a, a larger, broader um, you know, scale of African artists in their gallery, even if they're from Morocco or from Ghana or from... Um, and I think this is, you know, I think very humbly I'll say it, but the impact of 154 and having those networks of, of connections, you know, participating at the fair. Yeah, no, it's hugely important. You also must, I, I imagine that you must, it must be um, uh, really interesting to get a different perspective from a different part of the world, from a different part of the art world as well compared to say in New York or in London and are you talking to people who are based in 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 Morocco and further down into the continent who are talking are you hearing about concerns around massive issues that are happening there whether it's around climate change or uh the Wagner group infiltrating in some of those more vulnerable countries mm. or the new government in Nigeria mm. you know you must hear you're well placed to hear about so it gives us, a, I want to say, a pan-African view of what's happening around the world, but also around Africa, around the diaspora, it's true. But at the same time, I think that I want to say besides a, you know, a more local election like the Nigerian case, you know, there's definitely some global issues that are, you know, transparent and impacting the whole world. So they impact Africa, of course, the most sometimes because of, 
you know, having some huge environmental, you know, catastrophes or, you know, issues um, um, and also the restriction that we impose, I want to say, on the African continent, you know, when it's still developing and it's still, you know, um, have not had a chance to benefit about doing their own gas productions and, the, you know, to develop their own economies, you know. So I often feel that, you know, this is the, the feeling of being into an unfair you know, world when it comes to imposing to Africa what was imposed to the rest of the world or in discussion, you know, with some of the same issues, even though they are the most impacted sometimes, you know, in terms of population, you know, having to to move uh, uh, because of an environmental catastrophe. But at the same time, you know, we are often asked when we do the fair, you know, how are we making the fair more sustainable or how are the galleries from the continent, you know, making sure that they impact on the environment, etc. But the, the reality is the logistic is so complicated already, you know, to bring things from the continent, the import and export are extremely high for those countries already, that it's a bit unfair to ask them to, on top of it, think about, you know, what you could do to to improve. So I hope that on our side, as 154, we can take some of those burden away in terms of doing the fair more efficiently so they can still, you know, have access to um, being able to present their work, um, thinking about those, you know, global environmental uh, issues, but at the same time that we are trying to make the fair more sustainable rather than them trying to to get there in a more sustainable way you know but uh, i want to say that it is it is interesting to see um how we are sometimes thinking you know that some issues don't impact the continent in general like you know they would ask me you know how many women artists are there or like how many you know um is the question of the environment exactly is is uh, is uh, isn't you know are the African artists engaged with that particular question and of course they've always been because you know Africa has always been with environmental problem you know um, in some cases you know we had artists you know where people would tell us this is the trend that people are working with recyclable materials for example it's not a trend it's that the reality of their life context you know sometimes you know the you know artists in Ethiopia you know have this pile of of, of, of garbage sent by Europe, you know, to, uh, to and with deals with their own countries. And I mean, to be honest, I don't think they're choosing to, to really work with the, you know, recycling element. It's part of their everyday. Um, so it is, um, it is questions that sometimes impact them more and you see them in their work. And sometimes, you know, um, they are interested in the subject, but they might not choose to, to use it to actually create. Mm. So, and you have firsthand, you're in contact with these artists more than lots of other people are. Um, who are some of the artists that you'd like to mention or call out, or are there any emerging artists? So, who's doing well? <laughs> who's getting lots of recognition? So who honest, should we know about? Um, everybody um, is asking me this question, and I try to stay <laughs> as vague as possible just for the only reason that it's will be unfair for me to call up on the, you know some artists rather than others but I usually like to maybe mention few artists that will be on the next fair or of things like that rather than um, calling out what I know for sure you know I can tell you as a general overview is I think 154 has impacted most of the artists even the ones who have not been at 154 
And the reason being is that we have been the first stepping stone of a major gallery now who's representing, you know, some of the Amoako Boafo of this world or, you know, um, some of those big, um, you know, big bucks, you know, auction house, you know, uh, artists. Um, and I, I hope 154 in many ways have been playing this role of like elevating everybody as, as we as we moving forward, you know, in terms of this uh, new, I want to say decades for 154. But, um, you know, what's very interesting to see is that 154 has continued to be, you know, a platform of discovery, you know, from the gallery perspective to an artist's perspective. And I think a lot of people were interested um, in, you know, discovering new artists. I think um, they in luck with 154 because we always have so many new names, so many new artists coming along, you know, at every edition. And I think we are trying to do our best to create each shows, you know, to make sure that you see as many new artists as possible, you know, and put some new names, you know, on on um, on the platform. Um, How do you decide who you feature? Um, so obviously, we kind of like work similarly to a lot of other art fairs. So, for example, we would uh, have a selection committee, you know, for the three editions of the of the fair, and choose the galleries that are proposing, you know, certain program, you know, for for the fair. The only thing we have to really keep in mind is actually um, making sure that, you know, we have the, the, the size of the fair in mind. So, for example, you would go to Freeze and it's not an insult to Freeze or anything like that. There's a big chance you don't remember anything you've seen or being able to digest everything you've seen unless you went strategically to see a gallery for a piece of art you put in reserve, you know, before the fair. Um, the reality is that there's so much art that it's quite difficult to digest everything. And I think for the human mind, I'm not a psych psychologist in any kind of way, but like I'm sure there's a limit of how much you can digest, you know. But in our affairs, because it's small and boutique, people kind of remember what they see, you know. So we have also the opposite happening. We have to be careful to make sure that we have um, as many new content as, you know, the classic content you probably have seen the year you know, before. So we really are asking to the repetitive galleries who are there, who are kind of like our core galleries, who do our three fairs, who are, you know, have been with us and pioneer with us 154 since the beginning to make sure that, you know, when they come to 154, because nowadays they do other art fairs, to kind of like if they're presenting the same kind of artist and the program before that we have the chance to have a solo show, that we have the chance to, you know, have, um, you know, maybe... Um, the, the 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 occasion to see some of the younger artists that people have not seen, uh, rather than seeing their bestseller, you know, that come back every every year, and uh, we try to take the other half of the galleries, you know, um, usually new galleries either from the continent or from Europe, from the U.S., but that are presenting something new to us that will bring a bit of a, of um of a, of a different, you know. Uh, feeling for people who have experienced the fair every year, you know, or every location or every... So for us, it's very important that they don't think, oh, we've seen it, we've done it, you know, like, so it's a new experience every time they they come. And I think, um, you know, I always want to say that, uh, you know, we've just touched the top of the iceberg when it comes to the African continent, really. And I'm not just saying that because... Um, you know, we are only 10 years old, but 
just because some of the countries we're dealing with have today still one contemporary gallery that we're dealing with for such a major Are all country. the countries represented or are you... Uh, we never made it as a as a you know a proportional fifty four galleries from fifty four countries. I mean every year it's about what is proposed by the galleries, um, but I think I would say that on average we have around twenty five to twenty six countries represented um, uh, from all those artists you know um, in town and from the galleries in town as well. You know so um, it's not. It's not too bad of a scenario to have 26 countries represented, but it's not the gallery from that particular country. It's a gallery with an artist from that. And do some of the artists themselves come to the fair? Because I'm thinking about people who maybe want to visit who, who aren't necessarily coming to buy. Yes. They're just here to enjoy, soak up the atmosphere. And that you, Because I know you do talks. You have, we have um, an educational program called 154 Forum. Um, the large, we've done it for 10 years, every year with every edition of the fair. I think what we've discovered, this is one of the discovery of 154 COVID, <laughs> is that a lot of the podcasts and the, the, the attendance of those programs was more uh, in many ways attended online or through um, you know, listening to the, to the talks later on. So I think um, the plan is from this edition onwards that London is the place where this program is as extensive as possible. And for the other editions of the fair, we are collaborating with local um, institutions to create, you know, panels that are more relevant to the locality of the of the fair. So you people can go and listen to exactly. the artists and the galleries exactly. speaking. And yeah. from an, for the artist question, we do we do have a large of artists actually present at the fair. I know that they're not usually fans of other art fairs, but for our fairs, it's their first representation internationally usually, and they're very keen to be here with their galleries. I think that the galleries are also very supportive and supporting with their flight tickets, you know, for them to make sure they can attend the fair. And I think it's a very interesting um, game changer for the visitors you know to be able to meet the artist he's usually very keen to present his work you know and uh, not only you can listen to him during the panels but like you also have so sometimes have access to him on the booth you know with his mm. gallery and you know when you think about gallery businesses are usually very small business I want to say that you know what's very cool about it is sometimes the artist is the person helping the gallery you know setting up and doing a uh, part of the the work and i mean i think um this is not me thinking i want to say but more the gallery is telling me about it uh, that it has this community vibe at 154 that they don't find in any other art fairs where it's much more you know um i want to say um let uh, I mean, less friendly is not the word, but uh, definitely um, you can't create this small community. Yeah, no, it feels like fair. a community. I mean, yeah. I came to the, in, the last fair in London, was you, you do it here at yes. Somerset House, and it's open to the public, of is course, it? Yeah. Of course. Um, and it feels, when I visited last time, I think it was at the end of the day, and there had been some event. What was the, who was the artist who oh, had We it? had this beautiful uh, performance of Grada Quilomba, which was actually open to everyone, even on our VIP day, you know, which was uh, the most extraordinary performance we ever had, to be honest. I think it was one of our best projects. I don't want to say that because I feel like every project is our best project, but this, I think, touched um, a lot of people. Um, 
uh, and talk to a lot of people. I think even people who are not interested about, you know, African uh, descent uh, history, you know, were touched by uh, the performance, which was uh, really, um, you know, uh, really touching. It had music, it had dancers, it had, you know, sculpture. Yeah, I think that's um, the point. It's, you can come here and, and soak up and have an experience and a good time, even if you're not here to buy or... I think so. I yeah. think that uh, we have a lot of families, you know, coming here on the weekend. And uh, um, first, you know, they're usually from African descent. They're very excited about being able to showcase, you know, uh, to be able to, to, to show their, their family, you know, um, some art either from their culture, from their traditions, uh, uh, meeting some, you know, galleries from their country, you know, like it's a, it's a whole a vibe. And I think it's not just an art vibe. It's just like, a, um, I want to say a cultural tradition. Um, obviously there's the art factor there, but it's more about, you know, a uh, fantastic African African descent, you know, yeah. type of event. I think it's very warm. It has a very warm feeling about it, and I think that is genuinely because it comes from you, and you're a warm person. And honestly, I think you're very good at um, a spreading light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, earlier this year, you were invited as an institution to Benin to celebrate the re- the return of some looted artifacts to the country. But what are your thoughts on restitution? I was. Are you... um, so I am all for it. And I think uh, it made me even more so by going to Benin and actually, um, you know, understanding more what it meant when you were physically in a country that still had those traditions, that still, you know, attach a lot of importance to those objects. Um, one of um, the most touching experience for me was to see all those descend, the, the, those those uh, those kings and and queens um, descendants, you know, being physically there, uh, in their costume, in their um, you know, um, together sharing you know anecdotes about those objects, you know, um, for us it's just an object in a museum. For them, it still means a lot. Um, and it's part of their history. It's part of their um, their their life. And um, to be honest, I was um, um, very impressed by also how Benin did it, which for me was uh, an incredibly experience to see that you know it was the presidential palace that was open to actually welcome. Um, to welcome those objects, and this is how important they were for them. And they opened the palace for three months, you know, to actually make sure that everybody in the country could have a moment to visit and have time with those objects. And apparently the line, I still am part of a group of the journalists who were there, um, did not stop. From the, they had to do extra nights, extra days to accommodate everyone. And the idea is that this exhibition was going to move, um, you know, around the country to make sure that even people who were not able to take this trip to uh, Cotonou, you know, could actually um, see it eventually um, in their village or closer to the... Um, and I don't know how to explain it. It's very hard to explain it when you see those objects in a museum and understand that, you know, a masquerade is still taking place in Benin. This is something that they do. It's part of their traditions. Uh, when you see a throne, there's still throne being used. You know, it's not an object from an old past situation that nobody is using. Every piece had um, 
uh, a sentiment attached to it, you know, from those people who surrounded those pieces. And I think, um, I hope that everybody, you know, from the outside world who basically cannot get themselves um, on the right side of, you know, those returns um, could see an experience what I've experienced, sorry, in Benin, because it was, uh, it just made it so clear, you know, like there was no, definitely no um, doubt in my mind that even if I was, you know, completely pro before that this is just the right thing to do. That reinforced what you already believed. Completely. Yeah. Um, and then finally, what, so hopefully I'll interview you again in another five years time. And where do you think you'll be then? What would you in an ideal world have seen happen to 154 in that time? Well, I always end up with this. And I think I still believe in it, you know, um, because for me, it was always about this mission to start. So I think that we're very far uh, from... Um, you know, the perfect uh, balance of artists and galleries from the African continent or representing African uh, descent, you know, uh, at main uh, stream events uh, from an institution point of view to uh, an art fair point of view, you know. Um, if you uh, count, you know, all the artists that are from African descent at Art Basel, you'd still be surprised by how little is that number. Um, but if you know, in the very near future, that number would change um, in very large proportion where they should be, you know, then um, I want to make sure that 154 is still the relevant uh, to the new generation of artists, you know, and I think if it is um, a discovery place, you know, or um, an idea for people to have a more global idea of what African art or African diasporan art is, you know, let it be. But if there's no use for it as well, let it be as well, you know. So I'm not going to be attached to this fair until, you know, there's no need for it, you know. So if there's one day I wake up and I think that the world is so balanced and so, so such a lovely place to be in terms of, um, you know, um, visibility, accessibility, and um, all those artists, you know, have uh, the right platforms for them and 154 might not be relevant. I'm happy to, to not exist, but exist in different ways, you know, not uh, automatically as a fair format. Mm. I can't see that happening. But, um. <laughs> we might be all surprised. I mean, I still want to keep it on a positive note. It might happen soon. Yes, I can imagine it being very relevant for many years to come. Anyway, thank you so much, Toria. That was a real pleasure. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Danielle, for having me. You've been listening to In Talks With, with me, Danielle Rodeutchen. The sound and theme music is by Woolly Productions and the artwork is by Patrick Wall. If you enjoyed this episode, please pass it on to someone who you think might also like it. Please subscribe and leave a review. To pitch for guest ideas, you can DM me via my socials at Danielle Rodeutchen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>